back to the Behind the Tea podcast with Rob and Kelly. How's it going, Rob? It's going well. How are you? I'm good. Curling is back on TV, so I have uh, things to watch in the evening now. That's right. And you will uh, up until, what is it now, May, we'll have curling to talk about because, yes. uh, yeah. We got the, we heard the big news this week. Uh, that the Women's Worlds, which were originally supposed to happen in Switzerland, that got canceled, have now been rescheduled um, and will be joining the curling bubble in Calgary. So it is a go. And I'm actually kind of happy, one, because we have more things to talk about now on the <laughs> podcast, but I'm really happy for Einerson. So oh, yeah. last week we recorded before the final. Uh, but the final was uh, Holman versus Einerson, and Einerson won for the second time straight. And uh, it was kind of funny because at the moment when she won, that was kind of the end of their year, right? But now they – it must have been a crazy week for them because now they found out that they'll be able to represent Canada at uh, the Women's Worlds, finally. What a roller coaster of emotions that um, – that well, we'll never know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> – yeah. But uh, yeah, the fact that they uh, it we had reason to believe were two time winners and never going to the worlds. But the reason I was pretty confident, Kelly, that they it was going to happen is that I think we called it last week that first of all we said Holman was going to win. So mm-hmm. the moment we both declared Holman the winner, I bet Einerson secretly knew. Okay, we've got this <laughs> uh, because we're wrong about everything. So what you're saying is that we jinxed uh, Holman. I don't know if it's so much jinx. It's just that every prediction we make seems to backfire. Like we said, we were pretty confident that the world's that the world men's would be canceled. Not only is it not canceled, uh, the women's is back. So that's great. Uh, and yeah, I agree with you. I was really, I mean, I was kind of indifferent in the final, but I now that I know there is a world, I'm really, really happy Einerson won. Just because, I mean, first of all, they uh, deserve it. They do. They've never. They've won twice, and this is the first time they get to represent Canada. And again, I'll bring up. Um, so Rachel Holman, we know, is eight months pregnant. When would the worlds have been um, relative to her pregnancy? If uh, regardless if she was still pregnant or not, I do not think she would have been participating in it anyways. <laughs> Just because the babies popped out. That's it. So you've got one team that absolutely deserves to be there, and I'm not saying Holman doesn't deserve to be there, but. They've had their chance. They'll have many more chances of all the years that where they could probably use some time off. I'm going to say this is one of them. Mm-hmm. But you know what? To your point, I think that Einerson deserves it more than Holman in terms of just how they played throughout the week. I think that Einerson really deserved it. She outperformed. Um, I think they were the best performing team throughout the week. And I agree. Compare her to Holman. Uh, I think that they were the clear winner from the even before the final started. Um, and even during the final, Holman didn't play stellarly. They they definitely had some missed opportunities. Uh Einerson kept it very close in the end there. Like it could have Oh yeah, that shot in the ended a lot end. sooner. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. That doesn't happen very often, by the way, but <laughs> I do agree. Um, I felt that she, even though she finished second, but I mean, the reason she was second was because she did lose to Rachel in the round robin. Um, but they were essentially tied, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. And with this new format, uh, the difference between first and second is pretty significant. So, uh, she had to come through the semifinal, but I really agree with you. I felt Einerson was the best team all week and I thought she was a little bit shaky in the final. Like it was not the best I've seen them play. But it was still, they were the better team there. They were, they might have been shaky, but Team Holman was shakier. Mm-hmm. Well, fair enough. It was also the final. Like, out of all the games, that's probably the one where you're going to be the most nervous and the most um, anxious and stressed. So, I suppose. And what's it like to have the most meaningful game of your season played uh, one week into your season? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the one thing too. I thought the ending of the game was absolutely hilarious because there's no one in the stands. It's super <laughs> quiet, right? And they won. And normally after that last shot, their crowd would roar and everyone would be jumping and they'd be crying. And it's just like a whole thing. And like, it was just dead silence. And you, like the girls were happy, 
but it was just missing that like it it was missing oof. a lot and the fact that uh yeah my favorite part was during the medal ceremony where like Randy Furby had to walk over himself and pick up the medals and give it to there's no person there to put the medal on your neck it was you had to go get it yourself which I did expect I'd seen that at uh, at a I think the World Juniors for hockey is all the players had to go get their own medal under these COVID oh, really? protocols but it did look a little bit silly of the uh it was funny too um when handing over the the medal and the plaque to the girls on Homan's team and he went for like a side hug and the girls did not expect that whatsoever and they you could tell they laughed about it It was pretty funny I was like oh love Randy Furby yeah good for you Randy lightening the moment you made that comparison last week of uh, Homan and Furby being the Brady and Belichick of the curling world. Um, I don't think that Belichick won and uh, gave a side hug to all the players at the Patriots. I think he would have if they won. I I would expect they would if they when they win. I don't know. Belichick is quite uh, the non. He's pretty person. stoic, yeah. But when they win, the, I think the emotions come out. That's true. He turns into like a grandpa. I know he has his grandkids. They come out on the field. <laughs> but enough about football talk. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up, I guess, the Scotties uh, talk for for this year. Um, but I'm excited to uh, to see what the world is going to be like. Yeah, me too. They didn't have a Europeans this year, so I'm not too sure how they're going to select which teams are going to go or if they're just going to go with the team the same teams that played uh last year i th- i'm predicting that by then i'll be like really sick of curling that because it's going to lead into may which is really late but um so i i acknowledge that i'll probably be curled out by then but at the same time when you can't go anywhere and you have nothing to do hey may as well have this happen as long as it can be done safely and again good for einerson i'm excited to watch her represent canada to be honest, I think they're going to be one of uh, the the more dominant teams. Give Hasselborg a run for her money, finally, because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's they've been definitely the dominant women's team on the world stage for the past couple of years. Hey, maybe I we can so. add Hasselberg to the list of... Uh, yeah, of the best curlers of all time. Although, actually, one of the few things we did get right was I we called it last week, Shannon Burchard. Greatest of all time, three for three. She's, again, a perfect Tournament of Hearts performance. Uh, Her third appearance, third championship. Although, actually, I was corrected. She did lose a wild card game once. She was in the play-in game. and she, But I'm not even counting that because, no. If, wild if she had won count. the wild card, yeah, she, then, then it's fair game. But, no, she essentially was not part of that Tournament of Hearts. So the rest of the field went, went were super happy when she lost that wild card game. Oh good, it's open to the <laughs> yeah. rest of us. We have a chance to win. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, all right, so uh this week on Friday we kicked off the Briar after a 5-day break from from curling. <laughs> um you can definitely tell the difference between um the men's and the women's play. You know, I always get this question from non-curlers being like where they think and I can see why they think this how you know the playing field for women's and men's is the same like females and males can compete against each other why not blah 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 but it's there is a difference um in terms of strategy but just I think in the types of shots that the guys can play just because they can throw like three second peels I suppose but my fr- okay, so maybe they can't throw as much weight. And uh, I again, I'm going to try to sound politically correct here. But my frustration with um, people being negative about women's play is that okay, uh, maybe they can't throw the exact same amount of weight. Although a lot of teams can come pretty close. My frustration is that when I watch it, they're missing. There's a lot of missed open shots. And again, I don't want to look too much into this year because this year is a totally different thing. Yeah. But I can understand why you can say, well, they're not going to call the triple takeout because they can't throw that kind of weight. But when they have draws to the forefoot and they pitch them through, there's, I don't know. My my thing is that in the women's game right now, I think there's three teams, maybe four, that have really, really separated themselves from the rest of the field mm-hmm. in Canada. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. But I my feeling in watching the Tournament of Hearts last week is that here's your chance. The door is open. Just hit the forefoot yeah. right through the house. <laughs> well, even to be fair, I'm, um, 
you know, the Scotties this year wasn't the best curling we've ever seen. But the briar this year, too, isn't shaping up to be the best briar either. I, I have to agree. Yeah, we've seen some some missed opportunities that you wouldn't normally expect. Or just let, let's pre, uh, get this out there that we're do, recording this on Sunday. So there was the Friday night draw. There were three draws yesterday. There was one this morning. There's one going on now. So we're a couple of games into the briar. And uh, yeah, there's been some shaky performances. Well, especially since, uh, let's just talk about that first game. I don't know if you watched it in full. I only caught like the first five ends before I passed out because I was tired. It was late. And I'm old. So it was, uh, Gushu was playing that one. um, And we had both picked Gushu as the winner for this year. After that first game, I am not too confident in our choice. He was shaky in his second game. Yeah. It was John Epping that was really uh, had the the disappointing performance, but Brad Gushu curled a hundred percent in that game. Maybe his team didn't. Okay. Also, just to say that they blanked like the first five ends. Okay. Yes, and that's another thing. That <laughs> so maybe that's why his score was a lot higher. Right, but I w- I still was impressed given the circumstances. Is like Gushu has curled hundred percent games before, but again this year to step on the ice in this really messed up year and just throw a hundred percent. I mean. Hey, good for you. It sure came down from that yesterday when he uh, played Quebec because that that was shaky. He had a hard time beating uh, the Quebec team. Yeah, I, it would have been nice if that was the feature game because it, we only got flash like um, whenever they, they moved to the other games during the breaks of the feature game. So I think that one would have been an interesting one to watch. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think the big talking point right now is John Epping in that, um, I mean, when we talk, uh, Gushu is a pretty safe bet to go very far. When you think of other big names, um, there's Brad Jacobs, although a lot of talk is that maybe the window is starting to close for Brad Jacobs in that he's, I saw a graphic last night that I never thought of, but it's true. He is trending downwards. He, um, every year his record just gets a little bit worse. And so, and he lost a game last night that he was in really good position to win. I mean, he does have uh, he does have Mark Kennedy now, so maybe just having a new player is gonna. Did you know that he had him last year too? <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked about this the other day or on a previous episode. Um, but Mark Kennedy was like a lifelong Alberta player. He's played with. Uh, uh, Kevin Martin for decades um, went out into retirement, came out of retirement, um, and I guess last year or twenty the twenty nineteen twenty twenty season just kind of is a blur just because it was cut short and I wasn't following so much. Anyways, so as while we were doing research for this year, um, and I saw that Northern Ontario is going to be played by um, is going to be represented by. Jacobs, of course, and then I saw that Mark Kennedy was on it, and then I like texted you, and I'm like, "Did you know that Mark Kennedy plays for Jacobs? Like, since when?" And of course, yeah, just a complete, complete brain fart on my part. I feel bad mentioning that, but oh, I, I had to. It's kind of funny. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. Ever since he won that Olympics, uh, he's kind of that's true. Kind of been on the. Yeah, well, it, it's true. And it's hard to notice, I guess, but um, I guess just because there's so many good teams right now. But Gushu continues to be pretty dominant. Um, I want to put John Epping in that top echelon, but from what I've seen so far, no, like he's two and one right now, but he could very easily be zero and three. He did he uh, come in ranked first too I in this? Don't think no. I think Brad Jacobs is ranked first because again, it's all on the CRT whatever that is point system. So it's not on last year's thing. I think Jacobs is ranked number one. I'm interrupting this podcast to bring you a fact check segment. It is correct that Brad Jacobs is ranked number one according to the CTRS point system. However, John Epping does come at a very close second, only 40 points behind. If you compare those two teams to the rest of the pack, they're essentially tied for first. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. But just to say, Epping, I mean, he's where he needs to be. Two and one after you play uh, like with Gushu in your first three games is pretty understandable. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, I don't know how he beat Saskatchewan yesterday. And I 
he was in deep against Nova Scotia this morning and he pulled that out. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, every time every time I turned on the TV to watch the Briar, it was John Epping playing. And I'm just like, does he have a deal with TSN where he's going to be the feature game every time he plays? I know one of my our one of our listeners made that comment, too. But I think it's just that they um they were looking at the draw and the other games are um, a team like Kevin Cooey playing a team that they're going to beat in maybe five ends. <laughs> So uh, our good friend Eddie McKenzie, for instance, has uh, been on the uh, receiving end of a few beatdowns so far. Oh, well, have you heard this morning? I don't know. Did you watch the game this morning? Yeah, he took himself out of the game this morning. I don't know if it was um, he wasn't he was feeling some symptoms or. No, I don't think it was that. It was probably the, the symptoms he was feeling were the, uh, the, the numbers on the scoreboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured, too. And that's why I think they uh, they featured Ontario so much is that the other games were all pretty lopsided. But most of these games are predetermined, especially in the round robin, and they do try and um, feature all the the provinces. So it's not like they favor one team over over the other. So that's why I was just kind of shocked that <laughs> there's just been so much of Epping. I think we'll start to see Kui a lot more. Like they're going to be Kui versus Gushu tonight, for instance, and so we'll start to see that a little bit more. So, um, yeah, so I guess it's it's still obviously too early to tell. Um, we saw this in the women's, like, whatever the standings are right now, they definitely could change. But uh, the field is strong this year, so you really can't afford a lose, a loss, sorry. And some of them, some teams should be kind of worried. Yeah, like uh, Mike McEwen, one loss already. Uh, Dunstone, Botcher as well. They're all at 1-1. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I have a I have another trivia question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because as you know, uh, this is officially a curling podcast, but let's be honest, it's kind of a football podcast as well. Uh, so, <laughs> what uh, connection does Brendan Botcher have to the Buffalo Bills? I do not know. Other than their initials, the BB initials. <laughs> the BBs. Uh, I don't know. Was he born in Buffalo? No, or to my knowledge, he's not. Um, it's that uh, the Buffalo Bills made it to four Super Bowls in a row in the 1990s. So mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Four Super Bowls in a row. They lost all of them. <laughs> Ooh, that's got to hurt. But if, there, if anybody is listening to us from Buffalo, uh, we, we feel your pain. I know it's, uh, it can't be easy. But um, so if Botcher makes the final and loses again, this will be, he's lost three finals in a row. If he loses a fourth one, uh, he joins the ranks of the Buffalo Bills. Oh, jeez. So I was thinking about that because he lost a game he never should have lost either uh, against, mm-hmm. I don't even remember, against uh, Manitoba. But um, yeah, it's very interesting. By the way, Rachel Holman could join that rank next year too. She's lost now three finals in a row. I mean, losing one final is definitely heartbreaking enough. Losing... F- three or four in a row is uh is even worse yeah it's really hard for the bills because they've never made it back since and they've not really this year they got a little bit close but that's the closest they've been it's uh oh, wow. they're a pretty snake bitten uh football team <laughs> anyway sorry yeah i uh, hey let's talk about the uniforms oh my god do i have comments on the uniforms? yes Okay, so going from the Scotties, which we both agreed were like probably some of the best outfits they've had in a long time. Like I could have bought th- some of those. Yeah, uh, I actually have a, qu- a comment on that, but we'll I'll, I'll try to okay. circle back to it. Um, but we've gone to from some of the best outfits to which I think probably some of like one of the worst designs we've ever seen at a briar. Oh, whoa. I am critiquing this harshly because, you know, at first, the first draw I saw, I was like, mm, there are a couple of things I'm not a huge fan of, but okay, it's okay. But like the more I, I watch the, like watch them and the, I have to see the, the outfits and the shirts and the jackets, like the more I hate them, like this design <sighs> makes no sense. I don't know who like approve this i'm sorry if you're offended but like this is really bad oh boy I, i'm not a fan but i don't think it's as bad as you out do you, you want me go to go through, through what i don't like okay yes, first please, of all i don't know if i agree but go ahead okay so the main look of the 
well, we'll talk about the shirts, right? So you have like the torso is one block of color and then usually this like the sleeves are a different block of color and then there's like the stripe of color down the side, right? Mm-hmm. So if we take Quebec, for instance, it's like the pale blue with the white, um, uh, Newfoundland, the red and the white, whatever. But then right across the chest is like a, a thin slash, like as, as if someone took a machete and just kind of slashed <laughs> the shirt, okay? Which is just, I think within the design is just a little weird. It's a little like uh, random, I think is the best word. And then not only do they have this random slash in the middle, they pick a random color. Like for Quebec, it's black. Why is it black? Why? Could you have least kept it white so the colors are coordinated? Like, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but what? And then on top, I'm not done. Then on top <laughs> of that, if you move further down on the shirt, in case you forgot that this whole thing is happening, <laughs> I see your- <laughs> Sir, I've never seen Kelly this heated. Continue. In case you forgot that this was all happening in Calgary because they haven't said it enough, there's a big cowboy hat in the corner of the the shirt. And it's on the jacket as well. I thought it was in Toronto. Well. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, because it's in Calgary. (laughs) These guys will remember it for as long as they keep these these, uh, shirts. But... More on the the cowboy hat, um, it's not it. It's like faded a little bit. Like it's just the outline of a cowboy hat, but it's kind of a faded color. So if you don't have a clear picture on it, it you can't. It's hard to tell what it is. So it just looks like something messy. Then on top, it's not just like a basic cowboy hat. No, they like spruced it up, and there's like a big logo type thing right in the center of the like the jug yes, part of that's the hat. Right. And like, I'm just, it, why, <laughs> why? There's like so much going on in these shirts. There's no cohesion here. And then, okay, talking about colors because we're watching, uh, we have the wild card versus BC on. <sighs> I would not want, like we shit on New Brunswick for having the ugliest shirts. I think we have to add BC on the list. Why? Because they have white as the primary color, which is normal for BC, but then they have their slash is yellow, but it's like a pale yellow. So there's no contrast really with the white. And then on the back, every province has kind of a, a an, an image of an item that is representative of their province. So Quebec, we have the Fleur d'Ali, Manitoba has uh, the bison. Hashtag wheat chief. Saskatchewan can't forget that we chief um but BC has like mountains with sun rays in the background that are yellow that again don't contrast well on the white and then do you know what color the outline of the mountains are trying to take a peek they're red why are they red because I don't know the sun is setting and it makes everything look reddish or rising I don't know <sighs> anyway, I'm just I'm just really not a fan of this year's shirts. If you In case any of you couldn't tell. Okay, I'm looking at it right now. I have Laycock's uh back facing the camera. It, it, it okay, knowing that it's BC, it looks like mountains, but do you know what I initially saw? Like an outline of a bird. You know when you're a kid and you draw like a big oh, M yeah. or like that's an not how I still draw birds, yes. That's kind of what it looks like. Okay. Um, oh, I'm going to have to check that out. I will get back to you. Okay. But I'll take your word for it. Um, so I don't know. Do you have, any, <laughs> do you have anything to add on that? I, okay. I, I can, I have a few things. Um, okay. I agree with you, but not to the sa- not to the extent that you do. Um, okay. I think one thing we have to, as we've pointed out on this podcast before, they have the Briar and Tournament of Hearts have really pulled out some horrendous looking things in the past. Uh, Mm-hmm. listen to our episode on fashion faux pas. So they've had some pretty bad things in the past. This, I don't think, is anywhere near as bad as some of the ones they've had before. Uh, for instance, the famous white pants and white uh, 
that was truly atrocious. And even just like five years ago in what we called the Deadpool jackets, where mm-hmm. if you looked at Rachel Holman and her um, red and black, the red and black Ontario texture down the side looked like the face of that Deadpool character. Uh, I, I know nothing about Deadpool. My brother had to tell me the all character this. is called Deadpool. Okay, I, I guess so. I just in case I was wrong, but I hated those. Those to me were so amateur and they were filled with so many things that I felt were graphic design 101. Like the fact that the shirt was white and the names of the Alberta players were printed in yellow. It was yellow on white. The The logo um, that had uh, the letters not filled in properly. Uh, it was just, to me, those were the worst or the worst in modern times. So these ones to me are nowhere near as bad. It's just that since Dynasty took over, I felt that the uniforms got way, way, way better. These ones are the the least good of the bunch. And I agree with you. Um, the the cowboy hat is awkward. I When I first looked at it, I was looking at pictures of all the teams and they were kind of crouched over. So the hat was looking a little bit weird. And I was trying to figure out what the hell it was for a long time. And I thought at first it was a smiley face or something like that. Because when they were all leaned over and it got all bunched up, it was hard to make out. But you said it best yesterday. Um, you said that it looked they looked like uh, the Koopas from Mario. <laughs> And I kind of see it. Yeah, if you see it at a certain angle where you don't get the full cowboy hat, it does, it kind of look like a Koopa. It starts to look like weird things. And I totally agree that the um, the slash across the front is just awkward. Um, I don't think it looks good on any team. Mm-hmm. I think it looks okay on BC just because it's such a faint yellow that I don't really notice it that much. But you mentioned for Quebec, it's black. I mean, for Quebec, it looks like their shirts had a tear in them and that they put like electrical tape across their chest. And uh, (laughs) same with New Brunswick. New Brunswick is their famous black and yellow and their stripe is red. Oh, and this is my other big pet peeve is that I know there's more teams in the in the field this year. We've gone up to 18 teams. But you know what? There's 32 different football teams. There's 31 different hockey teams. There's 30 different base and so on. Um, why do we have 18 teams and two teams with identical uniforms? I'm referring to, uh, or almost completely identical. I'm referring to, uh, New Brunswick and, uh, Mike McEwen. It's black and yellow, black and yellow. Pretty much the only difference was that stripe. Drives me yeah. crazy. Because for wildcard, they're kind of free to pick any color they want. And why they pick a color that's so similar to or a group of colors that is so similar to another province, yeah. I don't understand. Well, they want the wild card. Are they, are, sorry, they want the Manitoba colors. So I think they took Manitoba and in, inverted it. But when you invert that, you end up with New Brunswick. And the funny thing is that they were in the same pool. So yeah. they played each other yesterday. And every time they did an update, I was like, I don't know which team is which. Yeah, but you saw for the Scotties, the three wild cards were also from Manitoba. And one of them, I think, had like a blue and red. And then there was also the full blue. See, if they had listened to us and gone retro, uh, this never would have happened because uh, they used to wear they used to wear beige in Ontario. They used to wear red and blue in Manitoba. If you go retro, you've got all the answers. So, uh, then another technical difficulty: my phone went off in the middle of our recording, but it's a message from a listener. Oh! So I feel I should read this because it happens to be exactly what we're talking about. Um, okay. So this listener says, "Oh, oh boy, oh boy, uh, <laughs> oh no." Glenn Howard's jackets are the most attractive. Attractive? Yes. That's an interesting adjective to use. And then there, this listener goes on to say things I probably shouldn't say over the airwaves about, um, uh, well, Colin Hodgson's hair. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite... Uh, but Colin Hodgson is known to have a flamboyant hair, or maybe not flamboyant, but... Um, He's definitely not shy with his hairstyles. No, but I could I could kind of sense your blood boiling there, Kelly, at the uh, mention of Glenn Howard's jackets. <laughs> <laughs> I like the teal. I don't have a problem with I'm it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what the connection is to Ontario. They remind me of like the vintage Quebec jackets of like Guy Hemmings from the 90s. Yeah, but I think wild cards aren't necessarily supposed to be representative of like that province. They're just random colors. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they've got a weird thing going on this year. The other thing is that um, that I never understood is that uh, 
because you know every province has their own little crest. And what I noticed at the Tournament of Hearts was that the there were three wildcard teams. They were um, Flurry, which was Chelsea Carey, Beth Peterson, Mackenzie Zacharias. And um, let's see, Tracy Flurry's team had the Manitoba crest. Uh, so did Zacharias, but Beth Peterson didn't. Like they had a wildcard logo. Are you sure about that? I'm one of I don't know if it was those teams, but one of them it was yeah, one of them had the wild card logo. And I think it's the same with Glenn Howard. I think he's got the I don't we think have he's the wild got card Ontario. on the on the one of the side of the jacket, like on the breast. Okay, but like on their shirt, instead of a provincial logo. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not too confident in that, Rob. <laughs> so I'll have to I'll have to double check. We're wrong about something? That's never happened before. <laughs> Anyways, uh, one more thought about the jackets is yeah. um, because I really have to get this off my chest, literally, <laughs> because I went through my closet and uh, found my old curling jacket from around, I don't know, 2005, 2006, because we were talking about this yesterday. The Ontario jackets look exactly like the old jackets I used to curl in, except because I'm wearing it right now. I put it on for just to show that I, I feel like John Epping. Uh, but I feel like I'm wearing a garbage bag right now. It's this so is so poofy. bulky. Yeah. I've got a hoodie on underneath. It's really, um, I, I don't know. And you can probably hear it like moving in the, it's. Oh, oh yeah. yeah um, is so. that the, cause I know your team played in that jacket though. Is that the jacket um, from the club you guys used to play at? Because mm-hmm. you know how every club has a, a club jacket and most people um, play, I guess more club curlers that like to go and play at tournaments will, will get their club jacket, but uh, a lot of the more competitive teams get their own team jacket. Oh no, we this was our team jacket. We The club was generous, so we put their logo on us, but this was not available too. Okay. Okay. Oh no, we were, we were, uh, we were pretty excited about these, but now looking back on it. I, I'm going to get rid of it now. <laughs> uh, I have a question, though. Do you have, yes. did you guys put your names on the back? Not on the back. My, the name is right here on the sleeve. <laughs> oh, wow. That's not it's bad. It's really small. But the fun fact about this is that back in the day, we used to take the worst pictures. And it's because, well, I'm not very photogenic. But also, uh, there is, this room. This is what made me think oh, of the stripe yes, going across the front. There's this piping that runs down here, which I'm going to try to, swing across the front here to make it look like the Ontario jackets. And every time we would take a picture, it would just reflect horribly in mm-hmm. all of the shots. I remember that. Quite a few jackets had that uh, that thing. And especially too, it was pretty common to get your team jackets at like at a sports store and use like a skiing jacket, like a, a light skiing jacket or, or a running jacket or something like that. And especially like, for instance, the running jackets do have those uh, reflective stripes just because... You know, when you're running at night, you want to cars to see. Yeah, you. that's true. But then, although this, <laughs> the rest of the jacket's black. <laughs> they better be pretty reflective. Uh, uh, but actually, speaking of, uh, I want to segue into names on the jackets here. Um, so, Dynasty has been um, sponsored uh, to uh, make all of the the outfits for the Scotties and the Briars, and you can actually purchase the jackets or even a shirt um, on the website, which is mm-hmm. a fantastic idea. Uh, so I was kind of looking at uh, the Scotties ones, because uh, like I think they're probably one of the best. But they have a, kind of a placeholder where it says your name, where when you buy it, you can put your own name. Um, and I have two thoughts about this. One, I think a little bit of a missed opportunity here. Um, I think them selling the players' jerseys so having a home, like buying the Holman's shirt, if you will, or Jones or whoever, I think that's kind of a, a missed marketing opportunity. They do it for all other professional sports. But it and, still can be. Yeah, I guess you can buy it. Because like, that's what I would do. I w- if I bought one, I'm not going to put my name on it. Um, also, first of all, because it's for the Tournament of Hearts, but I would have, I would say like if I'm buying an Ontario one, I would put Holman where it says your name. Yeah, but I think just having them available there um, would, I think more people would buy them originally instead of like, because you actually, the thought has to go through your head to put a player's jersey on versus 
oh, I kind of want Holman's shirt. But then to my second point, I think that a lot of people will buy the shirts and put their own name, which you can also do for other sports, but it's pretty common to use an athlete's one. Um, And I don't know what your thoughts are on uh, buying it and putting your own name on. I have my reservations about it. So that's why I think I would have preferred them to just see the players' names versus buying your own. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I feel like a, a provincial title is something, or a provincial shirt. I don't even know if they should be sold. I like the prestige behind them um, in that you uh, you kind of have to win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I really, if I bought like, let's say, I really like one of the shirts, um, Manitoba, for instance, uh, I would... Well, I'm, I'm going to put Jason Gunlickson's name on it, first of all, because first of all, he's awesome, but I'm I'm not going to put my name on it. No, uh, no it's just weird to me. I, I would if I moved to Manitoba and I went to the Briar there and then I lost my original Manitoba shirt. It's nice to know that I could get it back, but I feel like you, you got to earn it with your name. Uh, I mean, of course, people are free to do what they want, but I, I'm not a fan. I would I would buy one, but I'm putting the player's name on it. Completely agree with you. Um. So yeah, Dynasty Curling, if you're listening, like I think there's a huge marketing opportunity here. But I think they're playing this right. I think they're giving you the choice of, hey, do you want to be uh, nice and pretentious and put your own name on it? Or or do you want to do what we're saying and like buy an Ontario shirt and print Homan or Miscue or Well, no, but like if you go to NFLFanshop.ca, oh, you, you know, you see you you pick the player you want and obviously for extra money, you can put your own name if you wanted to. Um but just having that option versus thinking to like put, um, put your name. Cause you know, so, so a little tangent here. I, uh, have my own collection of sports shirts, um, and players do not want me to buy their shirts because whenever I do, they, <laughs> something bad happens to them or they retire. So, um, but you know, it's always the talk like, Ooh, who should I get? Should I get this player or this player? Whatever. So I think, um, just having that discussion or that opportunity um it's great for the players it's great for the sport um yeah what i like that dynasty is doing is like um i i like some of the provincial logos uh obviously not bc because i know you will never speak to me again if i say that <laughs> but some of them i i really like and i don't mean the crest here i mean the logo that's on their shirt um some of them are pretty lame to me like quebec is just bunch of fleur-de-lis i mean whatever the one i i really like because i've seen it for years is the manitoba one with the manitoba written as a bison yes i've always loved that logo like i think that's really cool um actually you just made me think of something i actually have a brianne mayer's uh shirt from manitoba from back oh true yeah i remember i've seen you with that yeah yeah i traded it with her it's pretty baggy because back in we're we played um our junior days were back in the the baggy days. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's quite large, but yeah, I like it has the, the Manitoba bison written in it or Manitoba. Yeah, that and of course our, our, fam- our, our all-time favorite, the Saskatchewan wheat sheaf, as we've mm-hmm. learned to call it. Uh, so those I like, and like I would buy merchandise with that. I don't really know if I'd want a jersey because I don't want to pretend that I'm one of the curlers, but like I would buy like a hoodie, for instance, with that Manitoba logo on it. And I think you can now. They're really expensive, so I'm probably not going to do it. Sorry, but hey, Colin Hodgson, if you're listening, um, I I'm sorry for our listeners' comment about your hair, uh, but remember, we were the ones that pitched the retro idea, and uh-huh. uh, you ran with it. So if you feel the need to reimburse us, then send us a couple of hoodies. Yeah, I actually have a. I just had a thought here. I don't know if any of these um, provincial images. I guess you can call them images are trademark or copywritten at all because we got some merch opportunity here some yeah absolutely uh, oh hey we can go we can uh get some you know buy sweaters in bulk and do a little behind the tea podcast and then just have different colors for each province and i promise we'll be nice to new brunswick <laughs> In fairness, I have to say, um, half of my family is from New Brunswick. So um, I feel like I can get away with saying, and I love New Brunswick. It's one of the most beautiful places in this country. Uh, I apologize for all the things. we. And hey, right now, they're in first place. 
because this draw isn't over yet. But storm it out of the gate. James Gratton, 2-0. Oh, I'm I'm gunning for them, but it's funny you say that because like half of my family is from Saskatchewan, and I had no idea what a wheat sheaf was called. <laughs> so I got a call. That's okay. <laughs> after that episode, <laughs> I love it. Hey, so um, I guess we're running kind of long, but um, so just a couple of other quick uh, rapid fire briar topics that have come up. Um, so first of all, uh, the commercials are the same as they've always been. Uh, actually, that's not true. There's been a couple of ones that have taken us by surprise. There are a couple new ones. We got a new Timmy's one. Oh, yeah. Roll up the virtual roll up the rim. Uh, yeah. yeah. How are exciting. Play this year? I, um, yeah, I might try it just for the heck of it. It's like, hey, what else do I have to do? <laughs> Although, again, I point out you have been to a Tim Hortons more than I have in the last year so. Well, that was uh, my thinking. I was like, okay, now that their dark roast is somewhat decent, uh, I would be more inclined to maybe go a little more often this month. However, yeah, you may as well win a car. However, as the commercial uh, pointed it out to us, that in order to win now, you technically don't roll up the rim. You have to download an app to then roll the rim up in the app. And we all know my thoughts on downloading useless apps onto my phone. So I think that might deter me from, from purchasing. Yeah, I, I don't think I would bother, but um, you know, I could do with the new car, so I might try, we'll see. That's true, um, or a free yeah. trip. Yes, oh, and another uh, opportunity here for us to make money. Um, uh, so we invented a game yesterday because uh, we actually, for the first time, uh, we watched this draw to last uh, yesterday's afternoon draw together. Um, so we invented this little game uh, that we played while we were watching. And if anybody wants to pay us for this, feel free. It was, you have to guess how many blank ends there's going to be. Uh, and I'm just going to brag for a moment that I said there would be three blank ends in the Ontario Saskatchewan game. I think you said four. And mm -hmm. uh, I was right. There were three, which, by the way, is three too many. But um, our other game was you have to guess the commercial that's going to come on for each break. And I am embarrassed to admit that you beat me in that. So just to like ex explain the rules a little bit before the commercial break, I guess you can do it like for each end right off the bat. Um, or you can just kind of go to see as like as the game progresses to see how many times the commercial has already been played. But yeah, right before the commercial break, which is around the end of the end, uh, you have to guess which commercial is going to come up first. That's right. And we marked it pretty generously. Like if you guessed, I'm only human after all. And it was instead the the girl putting her foot in a Kleenex box and or a Scotty's box, pardon me, wrong wrong uh, facial tissue sponsor, uh, putting her foot in a in the box and then rolling her toilet paper down and down the hallway. Uh, close enough, I think, is what yeah. we decided. So it's not much of a game because I was thinking about it today and I was thinking, you know what I should have done is I should have just guessed I'm only human after all for all 10 ends and I probably would have won just by doing that. Although, thankfully, we haven't seen that commercial as much as we did during the Scotties. That's so true. I don't know I think if it was just the time slot, it being um, in the afternoon versus the evening game. I think it's that they were the title sponsor of the Tournament of Hearts. Like, I think yeah. we're getting more Tim Hortons ads this time around. And just sorry, I know we've talked about commercials so much, but one more thing. The uh, So I, I chickened out of doing this, but I mentioned this to you yesterday that when I called you, I wanted to just not say hello or what you normally start the phone conversation with. I was waiting for you to pick up and I was going to say, I'd like to try something new with your breakfast sandwich, if that's okay. And I, I, I chickened out of it because there were like three people walking down the street in front of me and I knew they were going to look at me like, the hell's the matter with this guy? Uh, but anyways, uh, so I just wanted to ask though, the, the whole thing is about we're using real cracked eggs or something like that. Um, and I was thinking, okay, well, aren't, I hope your eggs are always cracked. I, I don't want it, the shell, but it just made me, it begged the question to me, what was the deal with the, with your eggs before this then? I don't know. Maybe they were like manufactured powdered eggs that, you know, you add water to it and it turns into an egg mixture. Oh, oh. Uh, but my comment on that commercial, and I think uh, we kind of brought it up uh, when we were talking is if I'm at the drive-thru at a Tim Hortons, 
if I'm ordering a breakfast sandwich, it means it's in the morning, right? And if I'm at a Tim Hortons, it means that I haven't had my morning coffee yet. And if I'm at the drive-thru and someone goes, hey, I'd like to try something new with your breakfast sandwich, and I'm not caffeinated yet, and I'm hungry, I'd be like, excuse me, no, I want exactly what I ordered. It is not a time to start playing around and messing with things because I may not like it. And I'm sure I, I would, but like, don't don't come at me with that question. I completely agree. I'm a, a creature of habit. Um, it'd be different if I'm out to dinner at a restaurant and like the chef comes to me and says, I'd like to try something new with your dinner sandwich or I don't know. Uh, if I've had like, you know, a glass of wine, like, oh, sure. What what the hell? Be creative. I You look like you know what you're doing. Uh, whereas, but yeah, in the morning, forget it. You just never, never mess with people's breakfast orders. Just give them what they want. Um. All right, so I think this wraps up this uh, this episode, eh? Yeah, I just want to give one more quick Briar thought because um, I know we're running long, but uh, something that's come up before uh, because we both had a pretty good laugh over this yesterday was something we've talked about before is uh, do we punish people for kicking rocks away violently or for the displays of anger? I know some listeners say yes, some say no, uh, but there was a pretty epic broom slam that I would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge. Uh, Brooms, yeah. I guess well, it it's not what we visualize yeah. as a broom slam, but he. Uh, this was Matt Dunstone. He uh, and he really he let go that game against Ontario, a game that he really should have won. Uh, I think he had a shot for four at one point, and he didn't make it. Uh, really, really frustrating game for Matt Dunstone. So I do not blame him. And it's not just Matt Dunstone. Uh, other players on the team too dropped the ball um, in some key moments. That's right. And actually, uh, our favorite quote from yesterday was um, because we were making the case that there needs to be a little bit more brutal honesty in curling. Enough of this. You got this every time somebody's in the hack. Start saying, start telling the truth. Like, uh, hey, how about you try hitting the broom for once or something like that? (laughs) I'm kidding, obviously. Like, that's how we play when we're playing for fun. But um, anyways, we caught that. uh, I think Braden Muscawi leaned over. was not a good throw, man. Or something like that. So there said, was. No, he, said, he said that was a horrible throw. Or something there was like something that. like that. Yeah, it was that uh, we caught, and I was like, "Hey, nice." But so it was a frustrating game, and at the end of the game, uh, that they never should have lost. Matt Dunstone. He didn't do this on the ice, so he did no damage to the ice. He walked off, and he um, he was holding his broom, let's say perpendicular to the ground, um, and slammed the butt end of his broom down super hard. Uh, so hard that the brush head popped, I'm going to say a good three meters straight up in the air. It went flying. It went flying. It was, uh, I don't know. I, I laughed. We, we both laughed for a good 10 minutes. Do you know what was even better? Is like he he obviously noticed that the broom head went flying, but he just like tucked that broom under his arm and just went on with his day. <sighs> That's what's hilarious with the broom breaking is that the people that just carry on like everything's normal. It's uh, I I like it. I think that there's a place for that. It's kind of funny and um, because it's so quiet um, without the fans in the stands. I'm Dr. Seuss here. Um, you can we, there's a lot of broom slamming that we're hearing, and I wouldn't be surprised if over the course of the week, if we don't hear a couple couple bombs um i've heard a couple already yeah Yeah. i've heard a couple already um this time i'm sure of them as long as it's warranted i'm okay with it but yeah it's uh i i just before we go i want to tell you about my favorite broom slam of all time we've probably talked about this before but this is something that everybody should hear and it was uh a couple of years ago so i think it was like during the height of broomgate so everybody's uh up in arms over directional sweeping and all of that stuff And I don't remember the details, but I think this was like the Scottish final of something. Uh, I don't know who was in it. I'm going to guess somebody like David Murdoch or Tom Brewster or somebody like that. Um, And I don't remember what exactly happened. And I think this was filmed by a fan. So this was not on TV or something, but a fan in the stands was filming. Hey, I'm Dr. Seuss too. A fan was filming something from the uh, crowd and... uh, the shot comes in, everybody's shaking hands, and a guy on the losing team is really pissed off. So he takes his broom and he golf swings 
the handle of a rock and oh my god and shatters it right off like and he launches it i mean completely out of sight of the, the camera the handle of he, the rock the handle of the rock he basically took his broom and slapshotted uh the the handle of a rock and broke it clean off Wow, he must have swung hard because those things are like screwed into the rock. Oh, I know. Like that was the, the, it really made me wonder like, man, how hard did he hit that? Because he didn't just like, I think if I tried to do that, maybe I could pop it off, but I'm, it's only going to like roll off the rock. He sent it flying. It looked like a legitimate golf swing Wow! in the way that the handle went flying. And so I saw this like on Facebook or something and people were, had a lot to say. There were a lot of people commenting that, this guy should be banned for life. And I don't know who it is, but this guy should be banned for life. He should be suspended for five years, 10 years, whatever. There were some people trying to cut him some slack going, hey, come on, he didn't hurt anybody. Yeah. Uh, it may- make him pay for the repair of the rock, but then who cares? There was It was a very back and forth thing. And the best comment of all time was somebody wrote, he should be suspended for life. The broom that he hit that with was an illegal broom head. <laughs> That's what the suspension is. Like. That's what. <laughs> oh, Those were the days. Remember yeah. back in like 2016 when that was all that was wrong in the world. Oh my goodness. That that broomgate really took uh, the Carlin world by storm. I've never seen something so polarizing. Yeah. So let's not go down the broomgate road right now. Just, yeah. Uh, I think we can talk about that. Uh, if there's a lesson to be learned, if you're going to slam your broom and break a curling rock please make sure you're using the legal yellow heads yeah let that be the lesson from today and make sure you do it off of the playing surface if you're on another sheet that's totally fine all right so that's it for this week's episode we'll come back to you next week with more briar talk um and wrap yeah. up uh, the briar week and see what else we got wrong so um catch you later bye bye